Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradless. This is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. Uh, we just started this week going through the book of Acts, and so we're jumping forward just a little bit. We're jumping to chapter 2. I want us to look at a couple pieces from chapter 2 and just kind of talk about uh, the significance of them here and then also what that means to us. Uh, so Acts chapter 2, uh, Jesus has told the disciples to wait. The Holy Spirit is coming. He's ascended to heaven. And the disciples, they're ready. They're ready to get to work. And so in chapter 2, huge moment, moment that's changed the world for all of us. Uh, the arrival of the Holy Spirit, it, it comes upon the disciples uh, in this unique way here. It comes to each and every one of us as we become believers, as Christ enters into our life. Um, and, and so let's, let's just dive in. Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And so I'll pause there because there's a couple key pieces there that happen. Um, one, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples as they're in the upper room. And when it appears, it's hard to understand exactly what's described to us. There's this mighty rush of wind, and then it appears like there's these, these flaming tongues that are divided sitting upon them. And whenever I read something like that, I'm kind of awestruck because the reality to me is the biblical writers are some of the best writers there is. They're just amazing. They write, they write amazing things. Uh, they, they talk about deep truth. They give great parables. They give great stories. They describe things in beauty and wonder. And every now and then you see them describe something in a way where you're like, I don't really know what they're trying to say there. Like I'm trying to picture that and I can't. And whenever that happens, what that lets me know is something of such beauty and magnificence occurred that human words can't contain it. It reminds me a lot of what you read in Revelation when you hear John talking about heaven, uh, where he's like, well, it, it was like a, a throne surrounded by a rainbow, but it never ended and it was emerald. And you're like, John, none of that makes sense. None of, none of those words you use to describe it make sense. And what you get is you just have to be there. There is so much beauty that God is capable of creating that escapes the words that you and I have. And so here, you see the disciples, they're sitting patiently, they're doing what God has asked them to do, they're being obedient, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and it fills them. And they're immediately given this ability of tongues. And, and clearly, what tongues is here, is the ability of these Galileans to speak foreign languages they did not know. And we know that because... Jerusalem, at the time of Pentecost, is, is full of Jews from all over the world. They've come back to Pentecost, this, this celebration of first fruits. And when the men leave the upper room and come down into the city and start talking to them, they're speaking foreign languages brilliantly. And there are people there from those nations, from those places, who understand what they're saying and can hear the message that God is giving them. And so there, there's, there's two parts about this, I think, that are important. One, 
Yes, the Holy Spirit comes and has unbelievable power, right? I mean, there's this beautiful image of what the fire and the flame and the tongue. Uh, there's this beautiful ability that comes, this ability to speak a foreign language. I mean, how awesome is that? But there's something else that's sometimes overlooked, which is these men left the room they were praying in and they went out to go do. Right? It's not just enough that God comes into our lives and changes us, equips us, empowers us. That only matters if we go do something with it. If we go out and do something. If the disciples just sat there in that room with the Holy Spirit upon them and these flaming tongues and this ability that they had to speak different languages and they just sat in the house, no lives are changed. No, nothing changes. And and brothers and sisters, I, I think our ancestors, our spiritual ancestors will be shocked when we get to heaven and they learn that we lived every day with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, when the Spirit of God comes upon a person, you know something magnificent is about to happen. Just go look. Anytime in the Old Testament, it says, and then the Spirit of God came upon them. Something awesome is about to occur. You and I, we live every single day, every single day, with the Spirit of God right here all the time. But I think the reason it doesn't impact the world the same is we are just sitting in the house. The Holy Spirit comes upon us, we're like, that's cool. And then we stay on the couch. And if that's true, if the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we just sit on the couch, the world doesn't change. For the world to change, those men had to leave the house with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and with obedience and the power that God had given them. That beautiful combination of God's sovereign power with man's obedience. Ah, it changes the world. It changes the world. And they go out there and they start sharing the gospel boldly and profoundly. Peter gets up because there's some people who look at this and they're like, oh, these guys, they're they're, they're drunk and disorderly. I mean, who, who even understands what they're saying, right? Because for some people, they don't understand the foreign language. Peter goes, that's not the case. These men are not drunk. These men are speaking languages, speaking the truth. They're speaking a sermon. They're speaking a story about the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that reveals something else to us. Our God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. God has structure. God has ways. God has rules. God has processes. God has the structure that he's given us. And this isn't chaos. This is order. God has brought all these people from across the world to this day, Pentecost, they are here in this town, not by accident, but by divine action. They are there. And on this day that all of them are there, God gives those disciples who Jesus commanded to be there in that room this ability. And then they walk out of this room and find all of those people. That's not chaos. That's God's order. We need to remember that. God is a God of order. He, he has structured things beautifully for us and he works within that order. And what's so beautiful is after all this work, after you see these men obediently empowered by God's Spirit, you see unbelievable results. Peter gives this beautiful sermon, long sermon. You should read it. It takes up most of the chapter. And it says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Ah, oh, that is when the gospel is at work. When you share the word of God, when you share the word of God with somebody and it cuts to the heart and it leaves them going, I've heard this truth. What do I need to do now? 
because I've heard this truth. What do I need to do now? And that's where these people who are listening are. And what does Peter tell them? Repent, right? Acknowledge the sin in your life. Ask for forgiveness and turn around. Turn around. It starts with sin. We have to acknowledge that sin. Repent from it and turn around and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you too shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And then it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit is not given to us to do nothing. The gift God gives us isn't just a personal gift for us to sit in our comfort of salvation. God gives us a gift to go out and do the mission, to go make disciples, to go teach the word, to baptize believers. That is our work, to get to it. And that can't happen in your house. It has to happen with you getting out in the world and sharing the message. And because these men were empowered, because they were obedient, and because they courageously stepped out of their house, and they preached the word, God grew that church. And that same Holy Spirit that empowered those men, God gives to believers today. He gives it to you and to me. How blessed we are. How amazing to know that that truth is there for us. Brothers and sisters, take that spirit that God has given you and use it. Build the kingdom. Do the work. May God bless you. May God use you. We will see you soon.